Welcome to the Leadership Matters Podcast, where we talk matters of leadership because leadership really does matter. Here's your host, Jeremy Albrecht. Welcome to episode 10 of the Leadership Matters Podcast. This episode number 10 is entitled Top Up and Neutralize. I open with a, a story out of my, uh, my hockey coaching life. Um, it was a, a few years ago. Uh, my son started playing hockey, and, and hockey, as, as you may know, even from our last podcast, it's always been a passion of mine, always been a hobby and interest, and something uh, just has been a part of my life, my entire life. And, and so uh, I knew I was going to be at my son's games anyways, and with the, with the passion um, to always live engaged in my current community and uh, just being surrounded in the, in the Christian um, bubble lots of times, I'm always intentionally looking for ways to get outside of that bubble and, and get in contact with, with people in my community. And so hockey's a, a great avenue for me, I've always felt. And so I found myself sitting at one of my son's games early on and thinking, if I'm going to be at these games anyways... Um, why not be a little more intentional with my time ab- about engaging my community? And I, I love hockey. I love leadership, uh, uh, coaching stuff. And, and so I thought, what, what a great fit. All that being said, uh, this is my third or fourth year now coaching. And we began the season this past season. Uh, my son's in Peewee and playing hockey regularly. And uh, I was handed this team, as I am each year. I don't get a say in it. Um, there's a few players that I always get carried over from the previous year, but uh uh, there's a lot of new players each year, and, and it was it was pretty evident early on this season that I had my work cut out for me, just like very similar to my season last year, actually. Uh, if we were going to make this team better, uh, I was going to have to stay at this. Uh, it was evident after our first three losses and, and the scores by which we lost. We lost 15 to 9, 9 to 5, 8 to 6 in those first three games. And right away after observing those first few games, my knee-jerk response was to get the number of our goals against down. I mean, we were horrible defensively. And we needed to work on all kinds of things, defensive system and breakout and all sorts of things and goaltending. We were just very, very weak defensively. And it was evident to all who watched us, and especially by the score. So that's exactly what we did. We spent the bulk of our practices on defensive strategy. I even moved a couple of our best players back to defense during games to help in this area. And in the process of all that, I, I actually stopped subconsciously developing our, our offensive game and, and players with an offensive bent toward the game. And it, it wasn't long. It took about another three or four losses in a row for me to realize this was not the right approach. This, this system, um, this, this goal was, was not working whatsoever. Yes, defense was our greatest weakness, but attempting to make it our strength was never going to happen with this team. And, it, and that was very evident early on. And so I reevaluated our team. I looked at the league standings and something hit me in the midst of this evaluation process, which we could stop right there and do a whole podcast just on the, the, um, the benefits of stopping and evaluating from time to time. But it, it hit me, it occurred to me that our team was in last place, but we're not only leading the league in goals against the amount of goals we got scored on us. We were also uh, second or third from the top in the league with our goals for and it hit me in the midst of looking at these stats and, and just observing our team. It hit me. Something dawned on me. I had this, this TSN turning point, if you will, this, this epiphany moment that our greatest strength was scoring goals. And we needed to strengthen that instead of putting all our efforts into strengthening our defensive play. 
So that's what we started doing. I put my goal scores back on forward where they belonged. I work on our, worked on, we worked on our offensive strategy while continuing to neutralize our weakness on defense. And a game or two into this epiphany, we won our first game of the season. And then we won seven more in a row right after it. That's right. The same team that opened the season with eight straight losses now closed the regular season with eight straight wins. We were playing 500 hockey, they call that. Now, I I realize some of you may be sitting there listening to this opening story and thinking this is a leadership podcast, and, and that's great. But what does that have to do with leadership? Well, I'm glad you're thinking that. I'm glad you asked because that's exactly what I'd be thinking if I were sitting in your chair right now. You see, my knee-jerk response to our team being horrible stems from a common leadership myth out there that says above-average leaders are great at everything. And that's just not true. Uh, Often, I I think this can stem from, it it can be the result of us comparing ourselves to others who we think are extraordinary. I mean, social media just uh, just heightens this, this profile and heightens our ability to do this by allowing us to constantly compare ourselves along with our greatest weaknesses, to somebody else's highlight reel. I mean, you've probably heard that said before. And what happens, before too long, we, we, we totally buy into the myth, believing we must be good at everything if we're actually going to be an extraordinary leader. And that's, that's just not true. But the opposite is true, actually. And here's the bottom line for, for this episode 10, Top Up and Neutralize podcast, here's kind of the, the working bottom line for, for this talk, and I want to unpack this in, in just a few moments. But here's, here's the bottom line. Extraordinary leaders are great at something, not everything. Let me say it again. Extraordinary leaders are great at something, not everything. See, great leaders are not great at everything, but are great at something or some things. Uh, you may have heard of uh, some leadership gurus, Jack Zanger and, and Joe Folkman, uh, authors of The Extraordinary Leader. And, and what they did, they actually studied 8,000 leaders looking for what separated extraordinary leaders from average leaders. And their research showed that those who were perceived as extraordinary leaders each had a small number of strengths they had mastered, but were also free from any showstopper weaknesses. While the perceived average leader had no distinguishing strengths, but tried to be good at absolutely everything. And what this study does is it actually reiterates that as leaders, we do not have to be good at everything. We just need to have mastery over a small number of strengths and be free from any show-stopping weaknesses. Simply put, extraordinary leaders top up and they neutralize. Now, let's take the next few moments, and I really want to unpack those two ideas, top up and neutralize. Top up and neutralize. Let's take neutralize first. Let's take a little deeper look at what that's all about. Neutralize your greatest weakness. That's the idea behind neutralize. You see, too often leaders try to make their greatest weakness their greatest strength. Let's face it, our greatest weaknesses will most likely never become our greatest strengths. So we need to stop spending all kinds of time, all kinds of energy, manpower, resources, whatever the case may be, on trying to achieve this. It's just not going to happen. We, we've got to face that fact. It just with my hockey team example from, from the start of the season, I, I, I learned very quickly that, that defense was never going to be our strength. 
And it, it still isn't. We just actually finished our, our season this past weekend, playoffs and everything. And, and, and defense, I know, and everyone else watching our team knows, defense is, is still a weakness of ours. Uh, we've definitely neutralized it. It's not our greatest weakness anymore. But it's never going to be our strength. It's never going to be our greatest strength. And, and leaders need to realize that. And, and I think extraordinary leaders do realize that their greatest weakness will never be their greatest strength. We just need to neutralize it. Just need to approve it a bit. And more importantly, find people around you who are strong in this area and empower them to do those things because maybe it's a strength for them. See, you don't need to be great. You don't need to be the greatest at your greatest weakness. You just can't afford to be bad at it. So neutralize it. Neutralize whatever that weakness is. Neutralize it. Do what you can to bring your greatest weakness up to the middle, to a more acceptable zone. That's what you need to do. And that's what extraordinary leaders all have in common. They, they all have this ability to, to do that and do it well. I think of our hockey team. We just, we just needed to neutralize our defense, not make it a strength. And so that's what we did. We took each defensive area, play in our own end. We worked on that for a while, a bunch of practices. We, we, we worked on that. We took time to work on defensive drills. Uh, I actually went out and, and because goaltending was definitely a huge weakness of ours. Uh, our goalie had never played ice hockey goaltending before. Uh, he played it in lacrosse, but you put a pair of skates on somebody and it's a totally different game. And so uh, I'm not, that's not my greatest strength and none of our coaching staff. And so I went out and found somebody who it, who it is a great strength for. I went out and found it. We went out and found a double A bantam goaltender who's in high school who could come out and work with our weak goaltender and, and try and neutralize this this weakness for him and this was just huge you see it doesn't it, it doesn't even have to be a strength of yours you, you may not be able to do this on your own you may have to find people around you go outside your own skill set uh, your own talents your own abilities and find somebody who it is a strength for and so we found this high school kid who it was perfect for him he got his community hours our goaltender ended up looking up to him and and, and looking to him as a role model so this this Bantam goaltender started coming to our practices, to our games. So in between periods, our goaltender could skate over to him and he'd give him some tips off the bench. Hey, you need to, yeah, I'm watching you. You're, you need to watch your angles and, and come out a little further from your net. He could do all those things and, and we didn't have to look after it anymore when it, when it was never a strength of ours in the first place. And that's how you neutralize a weakness. Again, it doesn't have to become your greatest strength and it may never become your greatest strength. You just need to neutralize it. And the second part of all this that I want to unpack is, is the whole top up your strength idea. See, the Zanger Folkman study revealed that leaders with a small number of strengths were viewed much higher than leaders who could do it all. I, I immediately, I don't know about you, but I immediately think of sports superstars. And the elite in their sport always stand out for their specific skill set and their strengths, not because they're good all-around players. Again, go back to the game of hockey or, or basketball or football or wherever, uh, and you think of the greatest players, the, the players that, that have that title, superstar, uh, I think of each of them. They're not known, they're not superstar status because they're all-around players. They're superstar status because they, they can do one or two things really well, and they do them to, to the best of their ability. They do them more elite than everybody else around them. And that's what sets them apart. That's what makes them extraordinary in their sport. 
And, and then I, I think because every team does need those those average players and has average players, and I, I think what, what a lot of the average players, uh, they're good at everything. They maybe don't have any one or two or three um, specific talents that stand out, but they're average. They're they're two way players. They're what you know. If you think in hockey, they're they're the people that back check, they forecheck, they back check, but they're not necessarily a goal scorer or or an incredible uh, goaltender or or an incredible uh, playmaker. They're probably all around average players, two way players, but they don't get set apart in in their specific sport because uh, they're kind of they've neutralized everything. And so they're not known for a specific skill set or, or talent or strength. So my question to you, and this is kind of the application part, would be, what are you great at? And maybe nothing initially comes to mind, but, but I encourage you, something I did quite a few years ago that, that really um, set my foot in, in the right direction for this, this whole idea, was to sit down and write a list of five things I believed God had called me to be great at. And until you do this, you're, you're never really going to top up and neutralize until you sit down and figure out what God has really called you to be great at. That's the primary to, to doing either of these. You've got to sit down and make out your list. And, and so for me, I'll just let you into my life a little bit, a little bit of transparency here. For me, I, I knew the first two right away. First one was no, nobody's called to be great at being a, a husband to my wife. And so I know God has called me to do that. He hasn't called anyone else to do that, and so I need to be great at that, and that's, that's primary um, to my life, to my marriage, to my family. The second thing that nobody else can do but me is be a great dad to my kids. That's a priority, and so nobody else is going to come in and do that, nor should they, and so I need to know as I intentionally craft my calendar and prioritize my daily schedule and everything else, uh, it's helpful to know that I am called to be great at being a dad to my kids. But the next three things I wrote down weren't specific to necessarily my my marriage or family, but more to, to the skills, the talents, the strengths, the dreams that God's placed in my heart. And I began to, to think and pray into what has God called me to be great at when it comes to what he's called me to do with my life. And once you list these things, I'm telling you, there's, there's a freedom that comes because you're, you're able to then prioritize your time and your day and even your calendar. I, I just went back at my, my uh, commitment calendar, my, my weekly, daily commitment calendar, fixed commitment, I call it, um, calendar, and, and was able to, to focus in on the things that God's called me to be great at. And here's what I found. Here's a little tip for you I, I learned a, a few years back. Spend time on what you're best at when you're at your best. That's, that's a huge time management skill, uh, strength that extraordinary leaders have. They, they all do this. They all have this in common. They spend time on what they're best at, or for what we just talked about, what they believe they're called to be great at. They spend time on those things, working on those things when they're at their best. So they don't leave those for the end of the day when they're at their worst, or, or, or you gotta figure out, you should know and, and be self-aware enough to know when you're at your best. And a lot that time of your day to work on and work at the things you believe God has called you to be best at, to be great at. And then what you do after that is, is delegate and empower those around you to do everything else. This is the whole idea behind top up your strengths. 
You need to strengthen your strengths. Leaders are extraordinary leaders have the ability to strengthen, to hone in, to, to laser focus in on the things, the one, two, three things. It's not a massive, it's not 10 things, it's not 20 things. Those are above that. Those are average leaders who, who might be good at a bunch of things. But above average leaders are, are leaders who, who can hone in and focus in on those one or two things and get really good at them. Because that's what extraordinary leaders do. Why do any of this? Because extraordinary leaders are great at some things, but not everything. Extraordinary leaders are great at those things that they believe God has called them to do specifically. And working these two extremes by paying attention to the highs and lows while ignoring the stuff you're average at offers an effective and efficient road to your development as a leader and to the development of the leaders around you as they watch you do this and put this into practice in your everyday life and leadership. So top up that strength and neutralize that weakness, whatever it may be. It's exactly what extraordinary leaders do. Thanks for listening to the Leadership Matters podcast. Until next time, remember, leadership matters. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Matters podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why don't you take a moment and subscribe on iTunes to ensure you never miss another episode. Until next time, remember your leadership matters.